We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean C.W. Thank you for joining us today on a overcast, dreary, wet Saturday afternoon in the New York metropolitan area. But it's okay because it's about to get very, very hot very, very quickly in about in a little less than actually about 24 hours from now it's going to get very very hot because we are welcoming the Miami Heat into Madison Square Garden for game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals but but I'm going to say that again we are welcoming the Miami Heat to Madison Square Garden for game one of the Eastern Conference semifinal. Like, I honestly, I, did I see the Knicks getting to round two? <laughs> yes. Did I see us hosting? Did we have a home court advantage? That's crazy. Like, what would, like, we have not had home court advantage in the second round since 2013, which is also the last time we won a playoff series. Um, so listen, I'm I'm ready. I'm hyped and I'm ready to break it all down with all of you as well as with my partner in crime, the radio voice of Fordham Rams women's college basketball and the boot reporter for Fordham University at WFUV. My man, your man, Chris Persiaden. Chris, how are you? What's going on, Sean? Thank you for the uh, kind intro, as always. Nice to be here, even though weather isn't too nice. Um, <laughs> it's still nice to be here talking some Knicks ball. Uh, of course, with all you lovely people in the audience and with Mr. Sean. Sean and I have a great time doing this show, so hope you guys are excited to join us. We're really excited to have you today and uh, get to talking some hoops. Absolutely. So I figure we can do a quick recap of half series we can dive into what we think will happen into the what will happen with the heat series and to the callers those in the audience feel free to raise your hand and we will bring you to the stage at any point so you can share your thoughts because Chris and I can talk to each other without y'all so we are here because we want to hear from you and you are just as much a part of the show as we are, and we appreciate your input, and we appreciate your, your your takes. So feel free to raise your hand. If you have something you want to share, but you can't come to the stage, you can leave a chat in the lower right-hand corner. Click the, little, click the little chat bubble. Shout out to the chat gang. And we will read your question or comment on the air. We promise to read them all. Um, so, Chris, uh would you like to go first? Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I haven't really spoken to you, I mean, outside of the uh, faculty chat about your thoughts about the series. Like, did you 
Like, yeah. wh- like I think we all expected the no. Well, I think you initially had Cavs in seven because I thought Julius wouldn't be ready yes, to go. That is true. And so yeah, just the, the go day, ahead. Yeah, <clears throat> cool. So the day of the game, actually, sorry, the day before game one, I put out my tweet. I said Sixers and five. I said for my two New York, you know, series here because uh, at WFUB we cover both teams. Um, so I said uh, I've got the I've got the Sixers in five. And I've got the Knicks in six. And that's if Randall's healthy. If Randall's not healthy, I amend that to Cavaliers in six because I just thought the uncertainty around whether Randall would play or not, um, even if the Knicks were fine without him, I didn't know if they would think they were fine without him. That, that, is, that is a lot of weight on, on guys if they don't think they can win a series. So um, Randall being ready to go, I think, was really big for the team. I also think they knew that he wasn't you know, himself. They had him taking a lot of jumpers and – you saw the value of someone like Obi Toppin, who is kind of the opposite of Randall in terms of his feel for the game. Randall looks the part of the best player on the planet when he's on. Problem is he's a low feel basketball player. And what that results in is a lot of those turnovers, a lot of that dribbling off his you know foot or whatever it is. And um, Obi makes really quick decisions. And so, you know, kind of a little preview for Miami. I think Obi will be key against Miami because they force you to make quick decisions and he makes the right one in the least time on the Knicks. I, I think Obi's still the best passer on the Knicks. I said this last season. Um, no, that doesn't mean on a game in game out basis. That means pure talent wise. Obi talent. Obi Toppin is the best. <laughs> Obi talent. All right. Uh, this is new stage, man. Obi Toppin is the best passer on the Knicks. Um, quickly emergence as a playmaker this season, obviously makes that a conversation now. And now that you've got Brunson too, but the speed with which Toppin makes the right read, not a read, the right read, is really impressive. And I thought that was on display with Randall out, and that, that's what really helped the Knicks survive those minutes without Randall and win those minutes without Randall was because Toppin was so great. So he needs his flowers at the top of the show because, unfortunately, that's probably all he'll be discussed. You know, he's not someone – people know what they're going to get out of Obi. High energy, high effort play for 18 minutes a game if he's lucky. So – that is just uh, where he's at in the rotation. We know the answer. We, Thibodeau likes a center on the court, so there's two of them. Uh, he, Randall's an all-NBA player. He's going to play those minutes. That leaves the rest for Obi, and that's really tough for him. But, again, the Knicks are winning, so I don't think, you know, it's the worst thing. Um, sorry to turn this into a top-end diatribe. Basically, the Knicks look great against Cleveland because they out-rebounded the hell out of them. I said before the series here on Study Hall that that was going to be the key to the series was the rebounding. Cleveland 30th in rebounding since the All-Star break. New York somewhere from second to fourth. Don't really remember. I want to say it was first, but I might be gassing it. Um, but since the All-Star break, the Knicks might have been first in rebounding. And some, someone in the audience who's smarter than me knows that stat and is shaking their head at me right now. Sorry to whoever that is. Or all of you, probably. But... um yeah, I just think that when you're New York and you play that ground and pound style and you go out there against a team that has a six foot nine center, you're in a good spot. And that's what the Knicks did. They they bodied Jared Allen. Um the the Cavaliers needed to put up to four bodies on Mitchell Robinson to get a rebound. That's really bad for them. They don't have the they don't have the facilities for that. They don't have they don't have Jeremy Grant or OG Adenobi out there. Um they have Isaac Okoro, who's a young player who was basically asked to be an all-star this series and played really well defensively and even showed some flashes of creation. But at the end of the day was Isaac Okoro, who we know him to be. And, and I think asking him to be a stud is unfair of Cleveland, but that's what you necessitate when you trade an all-in package for a star before you're ready to contend. I mean, you can look in Minnesota and see the same thing. Anthony Edwards needs to be the best player on the planet for that team to have a chance. And I don't, you know, is that fair to a young player who's just developing himself as, as an athlete? Like, hey, by the way, I know it's year three, but we got to win right now or you're screwed. Because we traded all the picks for Gobert. You know, and that's what I think is great about this Knicks run. And that's why I tie it back to the Knicks. Like I've been saying all season here on Study Hall, these are the good times, people, Nick fans. These are the good times. You will remember this year more fondly than probably any year until the Knicks win a championship because from now on, there are expectations. And no, no matter what Giannis says, you know, Nick fans will view a year where they're expected to be a contender and don't make the finals or, or lose in the finals as a failure, right? 
Um, I should say, I think that was a great question from Eric, who has a great relationship with Giannis. And people who don't know Eric are being annoying to Eric about that question, but that's neither here nor there. Um, when you take a look at how these Knicks play, I just think everything's organic. They've got guys that are all stars in their roles. Obi's a star in his role. Quickly's a star in his role. Grimes is a star in his role. Brunson is a star. Randall is a star. Barrett's been a star in his role the last three games. That guy will be really useful against Miami, but I do think, I do think Barrett might have a tougher time against Miami um, just because Hero is out, and so they're going to be throwing some more physical players at him, a la Jimmy, uh, if Jimmy's not on Julius. But yeah, no, just to, to, to put a, a bow on Cleveland and wrap it up, the Knicks won that series because of rebounding. The Cavaliers lost that series because of a lack of depth. And both teams combined to, to contribute to the pace of the game, which the Cavaliers couldn't handle. The narrative that the Knicks didn't win that series, the Cavaliers lost it, is not rooted in basketball. It's rooted in uh, WWE storylines and expectations for Donovan Mitchell's return to Madison Square Garden, except he never played there, so it's not a return. And he's not from New York City, so it's not a return. You know, Elmsford, Dobbs Ferry, whatever. You know, so hey, 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 hey. As, as someone, as someone who has a son in the Elmsford Little League, relax. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I just remember saying I wish Donovan Mitchell was from Maine during that whole saga because then the Knicks fans wouldn't be so thirsty, as people like to say. But um, as the youths say, shout out John. Um, but basically, uh, the Cavs didn't lose that series. The Knicks won the series. That's like that. The Knicks played better basketball all around than Cleveland in every single game except for the second one. The Knicks and Cavaliers played nine times this season, and the Knicks won seven of those matchups. So that notion in the building in Cleveland that they were the better team still, um, that is a really sore way to go out. And and you know I think Knicks fans can take some pride in knowing that Jalen Brunson and Tom Thibodeau would never let something like that get out that the Knicks think they're better than a team they lost to, they would be the first to say the better team won. So, yeah, I think Cleveland was a really fun series. I had a great time watching those games. Um, they were great basketball. And I love that old-fashioned style of basketball. Sean knows this. I am this show's advocate for the deflated ball era. I think that's great basketball to watch, even though Sean hated it with his whole heart. Um, and I thought this series brought us back to that era of you know, what's spacing? We got RJ, Julius, Josh, Mitch out there. You know, what's spacing? We're just going to rebound this thing. And it was so Tom Thibodeau, and it was so on brand, and it was so Josh Hart. It was so Jalen Brunson. And like like Mark Berman and I said, for the second time in a row, Donovan Mitchell has exited the NBA playoffs in the first round because he couldn't outplay Jalen Brunson. When does that become an indictment on him? When do we stop making excuses? You know, I, I think the discourse needs to shift. Well said, Chris. Um, and I'll make my recap brief because um, we have a number of people waiting to speak. But you touched on something about how the Cavs won because of depth. I mean, the Cavs lost because the Knicks had more depth. Absolutely. Um, the Knicks were the better team. Um, re- no rebounds, no rings. Uh, rebounding is... I had a friend that says that he used to tell me that he considered rebounding special teams. I say, no, rebounding is defense because rebounding is the final act of defense. And over and over, we saw that, you know, this team kept extending possessions because of rebounding. Um, Because Mr. Robinson was the best player, was the best big man in the series that contained an all-star in Jared Allen and a defensive player of the year finalist in FM Mobley. Um, I don't hate 90s basketball. Uh, I just do not deify 90s basketball as many. Early 2000s. I'm talking. No, even. Okay. Early 2000s. Yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s. Basically until the seven seconds. Basically the time from uh, Jordan retired the first time to the seven seconds or less sons. Uh, I don't hate it, but I just don't deify it that like many people in my age group, in my age bracket do. They think it's great basketball. I'm like, uh, like there's one thing to have, it's one thing to have poor spacing and, 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 and take a lot of twos. It's another thing. To, it's another thing for games to be 69, 68, but I digress. Um, the Knicks were better. Uh, and 
I'll do a quick preview into the Heat. I think the same thing there. Like I, I think I look. I said this on. I said this on Casual Friday. You need eight. You need eight teams to make a deep playoff run. I mean, you need eight guys in your team to make a deep playoff run. And I'm looking at the Heat, and I don't see eight guys. I see guys who shot 45% from three as a collective against Miami, against against Milwaukee. And those guys included Jimmy Butler, who shoots 35% from three. Caleb Martin, who shot 35% from three this season. Max Struess, who shot 35% from three this season. Gabe Vincent, who shot 33% from three this season. Uh, I think that we have places to hot. I think that... Uh, I was just telling this to mess in his space earlier. Uh, it's a bit of a whack-a-mole where if you say like, oh, we'll just put, you know, we'll put, we'll, we'll put Jimmy on Brunson. It's like, well, if you put Jimmy on Brunson, like Gabe Vincent's going to have to guard somebody. And I don't think that this RJ Barrett can be guarded by Gabe Vincent. So between Vincent, between RJ and Brunson and, and Randall, and I, who knows where Randall's leg is at this point? Like I'm, just, like I just believe when I see it. Uh, there's just too many. There's just too many holes for for for, for them to cover. They're gonna have to play Duncan Robinson. One, I will give a shout out to Tom Thibodeau, who has finally discovered the uh, the art of hunting mismatches this season. Um, when Dunk is on the floor, that's gonna be a problem. When Struce is on the floor, that's gonna be a problem. Um, I I said I said Nixon five on Casual Friday and I'm sticking by it. Um, what say you about the about the uh, Heat uh, series, Chris? And then we'll get to the callers. Sean, for once in my life, I'm going to say that I'm going to be brief and I'm going to mean it. I had the Nixon six against Cleveland. I will have the Nixon six against Miami. All right, there you go. What's up, Knicks fans? GMAC here interrupting this episode with a very important programming note. As you know, the New York Knicks take on the Miami Heat in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Game one is hosted by the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. I can't believe it either. Well, if you can't afford to go to the game or just don't want to go to the game, but you still want to watch the game with a bunch of raucous Knicks fans like yourself. You know where you got to go? It's the second ever KFS playoff watch party, baby. We're going to Penn 6, 132 West 31st Street, Midtown. It's walking distance from Madison Square Garden. The frequently asked questions we get. It's free of charge. Bring your kids. Bring your friends. You could bring as many friends as you want to. Let's pack that place out with Knicks fans. There's even drink specials on the menu this time. $5 on select drafts. $6 on house wine. $8 on house drinks. You want to be there and watch it with the KFS crew. Game one, Knicks against the Heat. It's going down. Again, that's 132 West 31st Street. Be there at 1230 when the New York Knicks take on the Miami Heat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you'll get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know I like my stats, so I got some stats here for you. Good food is too precious to waste. HelloFresh's pre-proportioned ingredients cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet and the planet. And if you're looking for more ways to save this spring, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. 25%, that's a lot. I love HelloFresh. I love 
love not only the taste of the meals, but I love the fact that I could have two kids literally hanging off me as I am cooking and I'm still able to follow the recipes and make meals that are exactly as advertised. If you want to experience HelloFresh too, don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool50 and use code FilmSchool50 for 50 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool50 and use code FilmSchool50 for 50 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, let's get to the callers. Um, so we will go in order. So the order by, by order of requesting is... Vivek, Mess, no, that's a lie. It's Vivek, Kevin, Papa Left, then Mess. So let's go to Vivek first. Vivek, the floor is yours. How are you today? I am good, Sean and Chris. Uh, happy uh, belated birthday to you, Sean. Uh, how are both of you doing? Thank you very much. Thank What's you very up, much. I'm good. I'm excited for. Uh, I'm excited for tomorrow, but you know, I'm trying to also stay even keeled a little bit. You know. Not, you know, not get too crazy over things. Play, you know, take it game by game, quarter by quarter, you know. Um, I kind of had, I'm leading Knicks in 5-2. And I the reason I say it is because I think we can defend home court. Um, I just think that it's different now. And I, maybe someone can pull it up in the chat. You know, what's our home record since, um, since we acquired Josh Hart? And, you know, maybe we can exclude the last five games for you know obvious reasons but I, i'm really curious to see what our our home record is and i think i'll look that up for yeah you. i mean someone could do it if they put in the chat it'll be great but you know i feel like we've defended that we've been so good with defending home court and i think we've you know what games three and four showed us is that you know we're not we're not too amped up we're not you know we're just even killed right um, and I think that's going to matter against Miami uh, more than anything because, um, you know, they, they, they're going to make adjustments. And I think um, if you compare the adjustments that Coach Bickerstaff made, with the, uh, you know, it was almost very frenetic, right? You know, he was just trying to experiment game after game after game. And he was just basically throwing yeah. things on a wall to see, okay, is it going to work or they not? Had, they had love off the team because they determined their playoff rotation. And then one game in the playoffs, we're like, hey, um, we do not have a playoff rotation. Yeah, even that, yeah. Like, they were just literally trying, guys, and it just didn't make any sense. Oh, Dean Wade for three minutes, and now I'm going to take him out. You know, Lamar Stevens in game five for, like, two minutes. Danny Green for, like – five minutes like he did like these guys just didn't do anything and obviously you know they're a team that has no backup point guard they have no backup big man so you know it's different i think miami has i don't know really miami's depth i mean to be quite honest does a bench of um you know haywood highsmith uh kyle lowry who's 37 years old now um kevin love does that really you know does that really scare us, to be quite honest? And I think, if anything, we've learned that, you know, these vets are not going to out-savvy us. You know, I think we're going to, you know, we're a little bit more disciplined. Although I think, you know, the last five days, if anything, we've, I bet Coach Tibbs has been telling our team to clean up on certain things that, you know, we kind of, uh, kind of, uh, like, get away a little bit. You know, maybe the turnovers here and there, you know. I'm sure he's, you know, re- been emphasizing some of those things. Um, but I think the biggest difference, and I think – uh, you know, this is a credit to coach too. Also, is that unlike Milwaukee, you know, Tibbs has shown that he's willing to adjust and he's willing to make smart adjustments. If there's one thing we know about the Bucks is that Coach Bud is not going to he he's going to stick to his plan whether it works or whether it doesn't. And it happened in it happened in the bubble where he I think I believe you know the Bucks pretty much said all right you know we'll we're going to give up a certain you know three pointers I think from the top of the key and Miami just hit every single one. And they did not adjust from that strategy. So, you know, if anything, we know Tibbs is going to adjust. And I think, you know, I would I would have, you know, assumed you'd have had if you switch coaches, if you, if Tibbs was a coach of the Bucks, I'm pretty sure that series would have last gone beyond five games, to be quite honest, I think. And this is beyond saying, okay, you know, obviously Coach Bud was dealing with a you know, a family tragedy, right? You know, his brother passing away. Um but he does not a coach that adjusts, you know, and he's not a mid he's not a mid series adjuster. And I think 
against the Heat, you just got to be able to make pivots where it's needed. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for different things. And obviously, RJ Barrett stepping up in the last few games gives him the confidence that is needed to start the series. I think Emmanuel, uh, quickly, his, uh, his game five performance kind of showed that, oh, okay, you know, he's starting to get his offense into a little bit of a sink so that, you know, maybe it, maybe it becomes more consistent uh, in this series. Um, and I think the rebounding will, you know, maybe we're not going to have as big of a rebounding dis- uh, disparity. But I don't see a reason why Mitch can't, you know, Mitch can't dominate the class. You know, he's, uh, he's, I think he's by far the best rebounder between both teams. And I think Hartenstein is going to, you know, he's going to put up a strong fight anyways against whoever he's going to be, um, you know, whoever's on the floor with him, right? So, you know, I think the rebounding edge and I think, I, as long as we play our way and we just play discipline, then I, I I just don't see, I don't see why we you know we can't finish this off in five or six. I mean, maybe it's me, I don't know, but I feel like we can defend home court and I think we can steal a game in Miami, which ends up being probably, I don't know, if I would probably say game four. Yeah, Viv, I do want to say one thing I, that came up in my head while you were talking. Um, you know, I get I get thoughts sometimes swallowing around up there. And uh, I do think that um, Cleveland didn't have much resolve as a team. I, I said – I think I said in study hall, it's known that their team leader, their locker room leader is Jared Allen. Uh, that's like – that would be like the Lions locker room leader being Jamal Williams. It, it, it's like last year. It's like, yeah, this guy is a leader, but if he's your guy, it's a, probably an unserious tone being set. And frankly, I'm really in on that stuff in the playoffs. You know, I'm a New York Giants fan, so that that all in, you know, the, everyone's got a chip. We're all in, you know, that I'm into that stuff. And I, I think it, it's, it sets the tone and sets mindsets for guys. And I don't think the Cavaliers had – much of a mindset at all coming into the series. I think they thought they were going to waltz into MSG and win some basketball games. So um, Jimmy Butler is someone who I do not expect to have his team so underprepared. No. Uh, uh, to be ready. I agree. That. And I, I think you noticed it too when you, because you were, at the, you were asking questions you know, during the, the pressers. And you just noticed that, you know, whether it's Brunson, you know, everyone on the team, they, their responses were always, you know, it was it was either they were crediting you know the cast but they did not give away any sort of um ammunition to the other team you know they were very very um stoic i guess is barely the best word but whatever it was they you know they they did not give the other they did not give the cavs any ammunition i felt like the cavs were kind of like you know they didn't really have that resolve right and miami's not they're not going to do the same thing either oh yeah first first they had problems with brunson then they had problems with the refs and brunson then they had problems with, uh, you know, God knows what. They, it was it was all a problem. You know, it wasn't. There was no. Hey, we played losing basketball today. We're not going to win a game like that. There, it was, Hashtag antics. Antics. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, and obviously we didn't lose. You know, we didn't let the refs dictate the way we played, and we did not lose any composure, which is very important. Now, obviously, these were in games where Randall, you know, didn't play the entire fourth quarter. And he basically missed the entire second half of Game Five, um, but regardless, you know we, you know, for three of those five games, I don't think you know we got, you know, we got phased by the physicality of you know or the, the officiating or whatever. And I think it's important, you know, we just gotta. It's gonna be important against Jimmy. It's gonna be important against um, the series. But if we stay disciplined, you know, with our approach. And it's going to be a slug. It's going to be one of those. You know, it's going to be a sluggish perform. You know, game too. So I don't. I don't expect it to be. We're not going to see some. You know, smooth basketball. Uh, not that there is any smooth basketball in the playoffs. But what I'm saying is, you know, um, it's going to be one of those dog fights. Um, and I think we have a great shot. Thanks, Vivek. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate you as always. Um, old school KFS supporter. Um, appreciate you. All right. Next, we have Mr. Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, welcome to the stage. The floor is yours. What you got? What's, What's up, Kevin? Good afternoon, man. How you doing, Chris? How you doing, guys? Um, so I want to stick to the theme of the show and ask a question. So 
right after the first, actually it was the second Knicks victory over the Celtics. So it was the one in Madison Square Garden where they kind of blew them out. I took uh, took odds on the Knicks that were plus 18,000 uh, to win the championship. And I very much figured that this will be a nice bet. And in round two, I will be cashing out. Um, and now I'm looking at the point and I'm like, am I going to catch this out at all? <laughs> because <laughs> like, I, 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 like, I don't see why we can't. It's funny because this is going to run con- in contrast to my uh, series prediction. But I don't see why we can't beat um, the, the Celtics. And then who knows what's going to come out or come out of the West. And I also like, you know, playoff hardened and we, we haven't seen a bead really stay healthy for a full plot for a full playoffs either. So um, I want to know what you guys think I should do. Um, and then in terms of this matchup, I think Grimes, uh, obviously Randall's health is going to be key. I think Grimes' health is also going to be important. I don't think we can get away with shooting as poorly as we did against Cleveland, because as people have alluded, as Vivek alluded to, and I think Sean did earlier, this is not um, this is not a team that's going to com- be completely cowering from us. Um, and uh, you know, the, the Miami Heat are a lot of things untalented um, and unwashed, but they are not. I wouldn't. They are not soft, and the uh, and the Cavs were and. The Cavs were soft, so I. It's funny. I, I said I had Cavs in six, um, and I think I was from. I came from the perspective of like, look, this. I I I'd written an article before where I was basically like, look, the Knicks are playing with house money, and they have one of the youngest teams in the league. They have one of the the. Um, they, they're, they have the, in terms of incoming draft asset, draft assets. I think it was the seventh most first rounders that were incoming um, over over the next over the next few years. Um, generally, the best player in the series um, wins. Uh, so even though there were things I really liked about the matchup, the offensive rebounding versus the worst defensive rebounding team in the league, um, I went with I went with the Cavs, and I was wrong. So, and I think I did it, there was, like, a head versus heart thing going on, whereas, like, my heart was like, you know, this team is guttier, and, like, I was excited, obviously really wanted the Knicks to win, and then my head was like, well, number two net rating in the league, really good, and now it sort of has the inverse up, the inverse, where my heart, my head is, this is a great matchup for the Knicks, um, again, the offensive rebounding versus a, another weak defensive rebounding team um, disparity exists. Um, and then you also have uh, Tyler Hero being out, Victor Oladipo being out, and you're really relying on guys like Gabe Vincent to show out. And I, I know he did last series, and he actually played really well against the Knicks this year. But um, I, you know, if you're relying on that, or a Jimmy Butler fifty-six point performance. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily. That's not great. But my heart is say is it's the Miami Heat. It's Eric Spolstra, and I'm ter- and I'm terrified. I I have the take that, and maybe this is crazy, but I think Eric Spolstra is a top five coach of all time. And part of that is like my, is on my fuck Phil Jackson tra- um, train. Um, aka stealing the fucking triangle offense. Uh, aka the only good only good thing I was actually good at was personality management. Um, and he, I and I and I'm, I'm a terrible person. Otherwise, I vied for other coaches' jobs, including Jeff Van Gundy's, including Popovich's. Refer to other. Stay focused, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. I just yes, but okay. So my thinking is. I don't want to jinx anything, um, and I'm going to pick the Heat in seven because I picked the Cavs in six last time. So I want to keep I want to keep that going. Um, thanks, guys. Okay, so in regards to your what should you do about your bet your Knicks 
uh, 18,000 to one bet is not a cash out opportunity, but you have one hell of a hedge opportunity. Um, if they get past this series, then, and I can connect you with someone who can give you the math better than I can. He will tell you the bet you can make you, the bet that you can make on the other side to guarantee yourself some money. Now, if you threw $1 on it at 18,000 to one, then I don't really know what to tell you. Then it's limited. But if you threw like 25, okay. Uh well, I uh well five times eighteen thousand because I can't do math in my head because I'm old. Five, wait, eighteen. That's, that's, that's I believe that's uh, ninety thousand. Wait a minute, is it was eighteen thousand? Wait, was it eighteen thousand to one or plus eighteen thousand? It's plus eighteen thousand. Okay, so it's eighteen hundred to one. Okay, all right, exactly. All right, so that's still nine thousand dollars. All right. Um, yes, there's a cash out opportunity for you. No, there's there's a hedge opportunity for you because. Uh, whatever whatever uh, gambling site that you use isn't going to give you any they're never going to give you the ability to cash that bet out for four digits it may even be like a hundred bucks um, but it's it's the opportunity to hedge on, on, on the other side but you have to wait to the next round um, now to before I get to your, your discussion about the the the, the, uh, the heat, um, I will say this about Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson is one of the five greatest coaches of all time, no matter how much of a terrible fucking GM, president of basketball operations he was. Uh, personality management is a very, 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 and very, very important and very underrated aspect of coaching. Man management is just as great as X's and O's because there are a lot of X's. You could have the greatest X's and O's, but if I can't get you to buy into what I'm doing, it doesn't matter. Better, ask David Blatt, and there's plenty more examples where he came from. And in in regards to stealing offenses, I mean, no one is generating new offenses. Like Derek Spolster isn't drawing up new offenses, but Eric Spolster is one of the five best coaches in the league, and he's one of the 15 greatest coaches of all time because he can draw up offense and defense and plays, and he can get his players to buy in. All you need to and all you need to know about man management is that when Jimmy Butler wanted to punch him in the face, Eric Spolster was like, "And what? I dare you." So, um, I just had to give that little rant. Now, in regards to this series, I think you make a lot of good points. I think Quentin Grimes, your boy, is going to be very important because we know your boy Eric Spolster is going to play a ton of zone against us, uh, especially against us. Uh, Maybe see it for a whole quarter. So, we're going to need shooting. We're going to need quickly. We're going to need Grimes. I'm not going to depend on RJ as much, but if, listen, if he's shooting two or four from three every game, that's a that's a plus. Um, and listen, man, don't be afraid to pick the Knicks. Listen, you do not have the power. Let, let me tell you something right now. You picked Knicks in seven. You picked Cavs in six, and we won. So now you're like, oh, well, I'm going to pick Heat in six. Guess what? There are millions of people, millions, including me, who picked the Knicks to win this series. Mensa Smith, who is the profile picture of this account and we haven't changed he's he's been he was screaming to anyone who would listen Cavs in five for two months so please the idea that you can jinx that you that that you one man have all that power to out decide the outcome of playoff series because your pick no one should think that way if you think the Knicks are gonna win the series god damn it say the Knicks are gonna win the series and say it in how many games no, I'm uh, I, 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 I hear you. It's it's not rational, but sometimes uh, sometimes we believe in things that are not rational. Um, and uh, I believe in jinxes. Okay, <laughs> but thank you, Kevin. Uh, thank you. As oh, we, appreciate we just it. got a LeBron James Dylan Brooks subtweet. Sorry to be TMZ, but we just got a really good Dylan Brooks subtweet. Oh, boy. let me. I, I will go. Look, I will go look at this. All right. While I'm I jumbotron in that home. Yeah, jump. Yeah, jumbotron that motherfucker. And um, while you do that, we will go to who the hell was next? Is it lefty or? Mace? I was gonna say Mace. Papa Left. Yeah, it was Papa, Papa left. left. Yes, yes, Papa Left. The floor is your. It was good meeting you before game one. Um, hopefully we'll run into each other again before a game. Um, before another Knicks. Before another Knicks home game. Knicks playoff game. But uh, the floor is yours, sir. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a take about uh, what's going on. Uh, I'm gonna give a take about uh, what what the Heat Knicks rivalry meant for me as a kid. Uh, I'm born in 1991, so my first, I guess, five years of my life was 
pretty much uh, shitting myself and watching TV and, you know, learning how to add and read. Okay. And then Michael Jordan entered my cerebral cortex and Space Jam uh, was a thing. And uh, I loved Space Jam as a kid. Uh, I didn't have cable television. I watched Charles Woodson play wide receiver and cornerback for the Michigan Wolverine. That was my first interaction with sports, caring about it. And then, obviously, NBA and NBC. I used to watch a lot of basketball with Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, those guys, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr. Like, I just was obsessed with that team. And then when Michael Jordan retired, I became a, a Knicks fan in 1999. Um immediately I was uh, uh, put into this rivalry of the Knicks versus Heat, I guess, at the tail end, or pretty much at the tail end of it, uh, especially with, you know, Patrick Ewing, you know, being hurt pretty much at the end of uh, the season there. You know, Latrell Sprewell and Allen Houston, Charlie Ward, Chris Childs, you know, Marcus Camby, um, Knicks making the finals. Um, but even so, like, I, I just remember uh, – my first like real Knicks memory didn't even come from watching the game. It came from listening on the radio to like, you could feel the intensity, the wars that these dudes had, especially Patrick Ewing and, and Alonzo Mourning, um, by listening to the games. So to have the coach that was sitting on the, the bench in Tibbs uh, and having the coaching trees, um, you're going in. Yep. All right. I'm going to come meet you in after, after this. All right. Uh, so, Having the coach and Tibbs being assistant to Jeff Van Gundy, having the, uh, you know, Spolstra kind of coming from the, the, the coaching tree of Pat Riley. Um, I just think it's really, you know, if thing in 50-year anniversary, Willis Reed, you know, Nick's Twitter kind of calling this team, you know, a directionless product. You know, Willis Reed passing away. Uh, there's just a lot of interesting you know, to speak to Kevin's, you know, I believe in jinxes. I also believe in the basketball gods. I believe in God. I believe in, you know, things happen for a reason. And so I do think that things are kind of, uh, the stars are aligning for a run to kind of get past, you know, this, this, uh, I would say we, we haven't been past the second round since 1999. Right. So, um, I think that uh, we, we are we are looking at something very special here if we're able to get past the heat. Uh, we'll say this, man. Um, I, I fear three people in the Eastern Conference, okay? Two of them are players. I just said this in another space, but two, two of them are players. One of them is a coach. I fear Joel Embiid. I fear Jalen Brown. And I fear Eric Spolstra. Everybody else, I, I pretty much understand who they are and and I like our matchups against them. Those three guys, I, they, th those guys are are, are pretty much, uh, I respect them. And I respect Eric Spolstra. I think that um, the longer, he, he got his start in coaching, not necessarily in coaching, but in film breakdowns, understanding what, you know, every nuance of the game is. I thought that, real quick, Tibbs, uh, coach circles around J.B. Bickerstaff, uh, you know, basically what, what we did to Cleveland was we ran them off the three-point line, not just rotationally. Like, we, we denied the ball above the three-point line, made all their actions go downhill. They were not comfortable shooting off the ball. They were not comfortable passing out to the three-point line. They were not comfortable feeding their bigs. They were not comfortable dealing with Mitchell Robinson uh, 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 hedging. They were not comfortable with any of that. And the longer the series went on, the more that that – uh, aspect of Cleveland got exposed and they couldn't adjust. I think that um, the Knicks have a very good scenario in the fact that they have two games at home um, against the Heat. I think it's very important that we go 2-0 and it's very important we get rid of this rid of this series as quick as possible. The longer the series goes, the more film that's going to get on tape, the more Eric Spolster is going to be able to uh, make adjustments and the more uh, that that we are going to be given looks that J.B. Bickerstaff or that, that team, while they are not as, uh, the Heat are not as talented, their role players are more understood of their limitations. Uh, they, even without Tyler Hero, uh, they provide uh, enough uh, reinforcements around Jimmy Butler and Bob where people know the roles, you know, where, where close on or 
or uh, you know Lamar Stevens or Ricky Rubio. Like those are the, 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 those. I know I know that the Heat don't have the, the reinforcement that, that shock you, but they have good players. They, they have good role players, and that's going to be important um, for them to 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 win the series. I do think Bam Adebayo is is a is a uh, a fake branded uh, uh, upper echelon player. I would be very upset if we let that player get get a good performance on us this series. I think that Julius Randle enjoys close to 80% of the NBA not being able to um, handle him one-on-one because of his size and strength and his ability to dance around on the perimeter. I think the Heat are a good matchup for him. I think that two teams that were a terrible matchup for him were the were the Cavs and the, uh, and the Bucks. So we're done with them. Like we don't have them. And I think we, there's literally maybe one, I don't know what's going on in the Western conference, but I, I know that in the Eastern conference, there's nobody who can guard Julius Randle. Now the, the Sixers can't guard him. The Celtics can't guard him. The heat can't guard him. The only thing that can, that can frustrate him is, you know, the double team or him not being healthy. I think Brunson's going to get trapped pretty much from game one on. And the Knicks' key to victory is going to be playing together, trusting every single member of their rotation to play their roles, to play together, not play hero ball, get out, get defensive stops, get out in transition, and uh, you know go through a war with Miami. I think the Knicks will win if they finish it in 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 six or less. I'd be shitting bricks if this if this series went to a game seven. Because that would mean that that they've they've pretty much equalized us, and they just need to win one game. And I, I don't, I, I I would just be a little bit nervous about that. I want to get this series done fast as possible because uh, I do I do respect Eric Spolstra, uh, and um, but at the same time, I, I think our team is better, and I think that we have more firepower, but we have to play within a team concept and uh, be able to. Um, kind of you know play a game of chess especially if we if we drop one at, at the garden get ready it's going to be a fucking hellhole um kind of trying to to deal with the adversity and and them getting a you know an upper hand i don't want i don't want us putting the gas foot off the gas at any point if if so i think we're we're I think we're looking at a shit ton of momentum into the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think that we have a we have a tremendous path. I do think that Boston's going to beat uh, Philly in the uh, Eastern Conference semis for no other reason other than James Harden offended the basketball gods by smacking somebody outside a strip club. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I think it'll be Knicks Celtics. I think it'll be a beautiful um, opportunity for New York versus Boston. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, I think that, I think, I think, I think we have about a 25% chance as it stands right now to go to the finals. And I think, uh, and I think that's just an amazing thing. Uh, also just real quick before I leave, I am wrong about Leon Rose. Uh, I am wrong about, I am wrong about, uh, my take upon Leon Rose, um, the New York Knicks are in the best position they've been in in franchise history since 1973. Uh, uh, um, Every single contract, every single player on this team is a positive value. Even Derrick Rose, even Evan Fournier, okay? Um, There is not one player on this team that no NBA team is just like, forget about it. Most of the players on this team, the NBA would want and it is just going to be um, up to us to really make this experience in the playoffs count. So while I while I do, uh, will, I will never not be a scary Knicks fan until we hold the Larry OB. I will never not be that person. I'm never in my never in my existence. If we are up 3-0 in the NBA Finals in Game Four and we're up by 20 and a half. I will be telling people to shut the fuck up on the timeline. Um, (laughs) At least least you listen. At least you're true to yourself. I'm self-aware of my, of my New York, forget New York fandom. I'm self-aware of, of sports history. So I I don't want any part of, of counting my chickens when we haven't done anything yet. So I I do, I do, I do humble myself and Spolstra is a good person to humble myself with. But at the same time, 
you know, there is there is some solace in saying that, you know what, whatever happens from here is definitely, uh, 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 what do you call it, you know, house money. Um, whatever happens from here is house money. And um, this is this is going to be a nice, a nice era of Knicks basketball. And we are going to be able to run it back next year and, and, and potentially get better. Um, and I trust Jalen Brunson. I trust Josh Hart. And uh, I think that is a tremendous nucleus um, to lead this team into winning basketball and a winning era of New York, New York sports. So that's my take. Great stuff, man. Thanks for coming up. We appreciate you. And uh, we appreciate the, you know, the, the not, not, I don't want to say descriptiveness, but like the, you know, the support's behind your takes. And uh, let me, let me add something on for you. You know, obviously not counting anything, right? But just as a reporter here, this popped in my head that, you know, it is unfortunately the the, the Willis Reed year for these Knicks, you know, the the, 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 the small, you know, the band on the jerseys. Um, Lakers are, are rolling, <laughs> you know. I think it would be great for the league if, if the Knicks and Lakers met up. If not this year, maybe sometime soon, but that would be a little, you know, throwback to, to those days in that NBA final. So, you know, lots of history potentially here lots of eras of, of Knicks basketball being called back to potentially here yeah uh Papa left south to you um self-awareness is very important um and I'm with you that like it's gonna it's hard like Knicks PTSD is hard sports PTSD is hard like we were uh on 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 the playback during game five actually it was like I don't think this game is over guys and I'm like me and J- me me and, and 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 Andrew are like XJ it's we're we're up eight with one thirty left. Like the data says, it's like a ninety eight percent chance we're gonna win this game. He's like, I don't know. I was like, huh. the, the data guy just going all relying on emotions, hilarious. I was in the chat agreeing with XJ. So and for the listen, man, listen. I understand PTSD is a thing, but at the same time, we gotta let like. We got, I don't know. I, you know, I, there's no what you fan how you want to, however, you have to cope with watching a basketball game. I am not going to judge you. So there you go. And I want to say one thing I want to call, I want to piggyback one thing Pablo said at the beginning about his early uh, childhood watching the Heat. Um, for me, it's fucked the Miami Heat first and foremost forever. Not Atlanta, not Boston, not Cleveland, not Indiana, not some team in a Western Conference, not uh, not Washington, not Brooklyn, not Toronto. It's fuck Miami first and foremost forever. So I want this series so bad. I, I I really can't say what I want to say, but there's a there's a if you ever see New Jack City and you see this scene at the end where Ice is holding the gun, you know exactly what I'm talking about.